This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am here today solo. I feel like I haven't done a solo episode in a long time, and maybe I have. I mean, truly, the last, like, two months, I feel like everything has just been a big blur. Like, I never know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. Like, I swear to God, I look at the clock, and it's, like, 3 o'clock already sometimes, and I'm like, I don't understand, like, what happened with my morning. It's been very weird. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to take a step back and just have it be you and me and just have a stream of consciousness about Bravo and everything that's going on in the world. And I mean, what I hope this podcast brings you is like an escape from the shit that we're dealing with currently. I mean, honestly, I can pick, I can see us going into like another lockdown. I mean, we don't really have to get into it. Like I said, here's me saying, this is an escape. And then I, and then I immediately am like, oh, let's talk about the current events. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Okay. I do have a little bit of an exciting announcement. I have really, I'm really nervous, but I'm really excited. I have some things happening next week. So be on the lookout on my Instagram, obviously, at Bravo Historian on January 15th. So I'm really, really excited about that. Like I said, very nervous. If you guys can hear my my animals in the background fighting or terrorizing one another, it's truly Nat Geo. It's the animal kingdom, you know, the pride lands. Like, shit's weird over here sometimes. I had my dad over last night for dinner. I made him. I've been on a healthy spree for the last six days, you guys. And I'm doing dry January. I did have two sips of beer last night, and I was like, I can't. But I've been eating really healthy and I had posted and so many of you (laughs) agreed with me is no one told me that when you eat healthy, you're hungry all the time. And I'm not saying it because I'm not eating like I am. It's just, I guess now I'm no doctor, but healthy food seems to kind of just disappear. Like unlike unhealthy foods in your stomach, it like sits for a while or something. I don't fucking know, but I am so hungry. I am eating like I, I I can't stop eating. And so I've talked about it on the podcast before my journey with like, I'm not going to call it an eating disorder. I'm going to call it disordered eating. 
Um, I've talked about it before. And I just want to touch on it a little bit because I think it's important to be like honest and transparent. And I guess I'm doing this more for me because I need to talk about it with someone. So who better to talk about it with than all of you? So I had this idea of doing the Whole30 and I've done the Whole30 before. And I, I'm i the kind of person that has an interesting relationship with... I just have a strange, confusing relationship with food that I've discovered over the last like several years. So a couple of years ago, I had decided, oh, I want to do the Whole30, which is like basically paleo. You guys don't know what that is. I can't really explain it. I'm not that smart. But... Though it's basically just like incredibly healthy, like no processed foods, no processed sugars, like nothing, basically nothing that you couldn't find like n- in the natural world, I guess. So I had done this and I was feeling really good when I was doing it, but then it became things like that, these diet, I don't want to call it a diet plan, but like a healthy eating type of plan. It becomes like an obsession for me planning my next meal. What do I need to get? What do I need to prepare? Do I need to take this out of the fridge? Like, And I get that that is probably very normal for people. But for me, that becomes so dangerous because I become, like I said, obsessed with it. And not in like a fun way where it's like, where it's when I'm talking about housewives and like, I'm obsessed with that. It becomes like, it consumes me and I can't seem to focus on anything else. And then I get very... I don't know why, but like I even have a hard time when I'm dating people, for example, like I've dated men before, had like relationships, not just like casual dating, like relationships with men who are like very clean eaters. Like they're very particular about what they eat. They don't drink pop, which aka soda for anyone who wants to get on my ass about that. We call it pop here. Stop bothering me about it. You know, they don't eat fast food. Like, they don't do any of that. And, like, if they have a piece of pizza, it's like, oh, my God. And I find that to be so triggering because it's, like, people that are that, who are able to be that, like, dedicated and, like, zoomed in on and honed in on, like, what they're putting in their bodies all the time. Like, it freaks me out. And that's something I need to work on. Oh, my God. Ruby, thank you for lightening the mood. Um but yeah, I, I guess I'm just saying all this is because I'm on like a healthy journey. I have a lot of like big things coming up this year. I have three of my really, <laughs> three of my. <laughs> hey, Ruby. So I have a lot of big events coming up this year. I have three of my really, really good friends getting married and I'm in two of those weddings. One of them I'm going to Mexico for. So I made it a very big focus for me to eat healthier because I want to feel good about my body and not like go to these big events and be so consumed and worried about like how I look and how I feel. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to spend these really big moments concerned about such stupid stuff like that. So I guess I'm just sharing all this to kind of like talk myself through it. But so far, like I've been good. I haven't been like, You know, I've been eating really healthy, but everything has been really satisfying that I've made. So it's not like I'm just like eating like raw, you know, peppers and like chicken breasts. Like I've been eating like really good. And for me, it's taking away like the intimidation of cooking because sometimes I can get a little overwhelmed by that and just like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I making? So I've been following recipes from the Divine Dish. You guys know I love her. 
her new cookbook is out and it's really, really good. All of her meals are like fairly simple, but they have so many different flavors and everything. And I just suggest you guys buy the book. It's really, really good. And everything I've made from her so far, I've been obsessed with. And I've made dishes from her from other people and they've loved them. So I just, you know, I want us to be able to talk about these things and not like, I don't know. As Jules once said on Real Houses of New York City, I'll bring it back to Bravo like always, is secrets keep you sick. So I just like want to talk myself through it, let myself know that I'm okay, everything's fine, you know, we're being healthy, but we're not starving ourselves, things are good. So sorry if that is triggering for some people. I will put a trigger warning or whatever in the bio of this episode because I don't know, some you know, like I'm just like, let's be cautious. So let's get into Bravo. Two things happen kind of right after one another. And it is two horrible men of the Bravo cinematic universe have gotten engaged within the last like few days of each other. Tom D'Agostino of Luann Deliceps, you know, that Tom. It's not about Tom. It is about Tom. That Tom. He got engaged on New Year's Eve. And I have to say this man's sick obsession with New Year's Eve is so bizarre to me because if you guys remember like at all of these events like I believe he proposed on New Year's Eve I believe their engagement party was on New Year's like think or their wedding was on New Year's Eve his birthday is on New Year's Eve like I don't understand this man's like deep obsession with number his birthday actually but I gotta say this man gives a good engagement ring this ring that he gave this woman, forgive me, I don't know her name. I feel like her name is Kim. I don't know why I can see Tom with Kim, is so stunning. It's like this gigantic, I believe, emerald cut diamond, but it's like this light blue. And I mean, it's huge. And I'm like, how does he have money? Does she have money? Is he? I think I think Tom is a little bit of a gold digger. I got to be completely honest. I mean, Bethany kind of said it like he goes after women of a certain, you know, tax bracket, I will say. But I, I think he has money on his own, but I don't think like that level of money. And then we have another man get engaged. Steve Lodge, Vicky's ex-boyfriend, Steve Lodge, who there were suspicions that they had been broken up for quite some time, but then he did that whole governor's race. So then she was campaigning for him a little, but everyone was like, this feels kind of weird. Like we don't see you guys together anymore. Like it felt very bizarre. Well, they broke up a few months ago. He moved out of her house. This is everything Vicky has said that he moved out of her house in September. He started dating this like 36 year old woman and now they're engaged. And he said that the wedding they're going to have really quick. So I'm like, is she, Pregnant, maybe? I don't know. I want to know who this woman is that chose Steve Lodge as a partner. I don't think losing a governor's race is, like, very sexy. I also know he's, like, a Trump supporter. And, like, that's not the kind of energy I want to be around. So that's, I mean, the fact that those two fuckers got engaged (laughs) within the last, like, week of each other, I just find to be very funny. I don't know why. Um, And people are like, you know, I hope Luann's okay. Luann doesn't give a fuck what Tom is doing anymore. Luann is fucking some hot guy in St. Bart's. She's swinging from chandeliers, you know, with a guy on her back. Like, she doesn't give a fuck what Tom D'Agostino is doing. I think if this were to happen two years ago, 
possibly this would bother her. But I think that they've been pretty far removed from each other's lives. I mean, I mean, you have to think about that season when they were getting divorced, right? Like she's like the divorce went through like very quickly. Like it was never messy. They both wanted to get out of each other's lives. Like, and I kind of now I don't like Tom by any means. I think he's a little he looks like the despicable me guy, the Gru. I think that's his name. He kind of looks like that, but like thinner. And, you know, I bet he's really charismatic. But I got I to gotta give it to him a little bit. Like, he did just simply let her go. He didn't, like, try to fuck her over. He didn't pull a Jason Hoppy and, like, stalk her life. Like, he was just like, Lou, let's get a clean break. So good for her. And Steve Lodge never trusted that guy. Never trusted that fucking guy. And you know he doesn't. I mean, this is going to be very crass. So I apologize to my bosses who listen to this. I I can't picture Steve being a good a good fuck, you know? If we're putting it plainly, I don't see that for him. I don't think he has that type of like energy and I've talked about it before. I don't think him and Vicky had like a very good like they didn't seem very passionate. I pictured Vicky just picking Steve Lodge because he was the complete opposite. He was the to quote Dorit, the diametrical opposite of Brooks. Like, he was a police officer, so that automatically somehow translates to him not breaking the law, but well, we don't have to get into that on this podcast. Those kind of type of things. I just, like, I never saw the passion. And I know Vicky is very passionate. She's an Aries. She's a fire sign. She wants that passion and that love and, like, she wants her fucking love tank full. Speaking of love tank, I have to read you guys a tweet. That a one Peter Madrigal tweeted in reply to Vicky Gumbelson. Vicky actually replied to Andy Cohen and she said, thanks, Andy. I'm starting to lose hope that there are any good single loyal guys around anymore. What is wrong with people? Now, Peter of Vanderpump Rules fame, he is the manager at Sir, I think, still. You guys know who Peter is. Hopefully. If you don't, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. You're probably my parents. My parents probably, they listen to this podcast. (laughs) Sorry, guys. They're probably, who the fuck is Peter? Anyways. Peter says V dash. First of all, I want to just acknowledge the fact that he already has a nickname for her. V dash. Get a better picker. Exclamation. That last guy was a cheater and the guy before that was a lying liar. And before that was Don. Dot, dot, dot. You need spark in your love tank. I'm single BTW. Hello. Come to Sir Restaurant with your girls and let me host your return to being single and sassy. Woohoo. Now, you guys, when I got my eyes on that tweet, I could I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe it. This man said single and sassy. He is, you know, ready to fuck Vicky. I mean, honestly, make it happen. I don't understand what he, what he's doing. Um, but you know, he he's hotter than Steve. He's got that sexy look, you know, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I just had to share that with you. It really made me giggle. Okay, so let's get into Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And right off the top, I want to discuss an interaction between me and Mary M. Cosby this week. I was watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I tweeted and I did not tag her. I obviously just used the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City hashtag. 
And I said, Mary Cosby is in Kim Richards' territory for me, where it's not enjoyable to watch her because it's so rooted in darkness. Hashtag R-H-O-L-C. R-H-O-S-L-C, excuse me. And what I meant by that is I find Kim Richards, I know people find her funny. I know people find her quirky, which she is. But there was a point in time where I found her storyline to be too dark. Like it was a very, it was like Taylor Armstrong's. Like there's a line between like reality and like it being too real, I think. I know that sounds crazy, but if you've been watching reality television for a long time, you totally get what I mean. So that's what I meant by that. I was like, you know, it feels like something. I I think something is like going on with Mary and her marriage. Like, I don't think anyone who's basically forced into marrying their step grandfather is like doing well mentally. And that I mean, that's just what I'll say on that. Mary Cosby went on a fucking Twitter rampage this week. Anyone that tweeted about her, she responded. And it was wild. She said someone looked like a brick wall. She said she told someone to go jump this week, which I feel like a woman of God who runs a church. That's not something people should be saying. But what do I know? I'm not religious. So I tweeted that tweet. All of a sudden, I go on Twitter. Notifications up the ass. I'm like, what's going on? I look and Mary Cosby responds to me. She says, please know this is an easy fix. Please don't watch. It will be fine with me. I know racist, if anyone knows, and it's not words turned into racism. Are you trying to say I'm too dark? I'm black and I'm proud. Find a new show. Now, Mary, 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 Mary. The replies to Mary's tweet, like, I didn't even respond. I Okay, I did quote tweet it with a picture, like a meme of like Shrek, like looking like confused because... I was genuinely puzzled when I saw this. And of course, I was scared for my safety because I was like, is she going to send Jesus after me? Like, what's the situation? But I mean, I was a little nervous because I was like, that's obviously like not what I was saying at all. It has nothing to do with like the color of her skin. It has everything to do with the fact that like I I'm worried for her, like mental health wise has. I mean, because Kim Richards is also like a white woman. So I was a little confused by that. And it was just like everyone on Twitter was basically like, Mary, what the fuck are you saying right now? Like she just was on Twitter, like acting up. And I see after the whole Kelly Dodd situation and the Watch What Happens Live situation, nothing that happens on Twitter can really offend, like get to me. Like, I don't care. Someone actually DM'd me like earlier this week and they were like, how do you deal with hate and whatever? And I'm like, truthfully, I have those people blocked. So if they hate me, I don't see it. I was like, never engage with it. Like it is like, you're never those people that are so intent on hating you or twisting your words. Like you'll never change their mind. You trying to do that will just make them more upset with you. And like, then they'll be like, you're gaslighting me. And it's like this whole thing. So I, of course, was like, girl, just like, don't engage. It just keep it moving because it will die down and they'll be they're moving on to the next person in a day. So that's kind of how I felt about the Mary situation. I personally found it very funny. So let's get into the actual episode, <laughs> what I was, you know, responding to. So first we have, I have to just, I have to talk about Jen Shaw because Jen Shaw is like a master swindler. 
I have never seen anything like it. And I never want to stop watching it, to be completely honest with you. She's stuffing these bags of like toothbrushes and everything to, you know, to help the youth. And she's talking to her mother and they're they're stuffing these bags. She then starts talking about how like they have to put up all this money, a $2 million basically retainer. It was like a whole thing. They don't have assets because they rent their houses. They don't buy houses. But then it makes you think, why are you renting and not buying if you really have the money, blah, blah, blah. The mom puts up her fucking retirement money. And I am shook. Like, the way Jen is just able to, like, convince people that she's innocent when she's, I don't believe she is, is honestly masterful. Now, it's not, it does not make her a good person. Let's just say that. But she was really making me laugh. And I hate myself for finding her funny. I do. I hate it. Like when she's in her confessionals and she's talking to Jenny about taking the shoes, I was like, God damn it. She's so charming. That's how she gets everything that she wants. It's because she's so fucking charming. And I fall for it. I'm a sucker. I'm not, you know what it is? You guys understand that for the last like year, not year, that's so dramatic, but last like couple months, I have been like, I don't understand Heather Gay, blah, blah, blah. I have come to the realization I'm Heather Gay. I'm a Heather Gay in the sense of like, I have all these questions. Like Heather thinks Jen did all of this stuff. But then when she's confronted with Jen in her face, she I don't think Heather means to be like two-faced. I think she genuinely like takes people at like their word. And she's like, oh yeah. And like, it's hard for her to like see a person in front of them and wrap their head around this person that's standing in front of you allegedly did all these horrible things. And that is how I would feel. I would have such a hard time with that. And so it's like, you know, it's kind of like when I struggle with Shannon Bador, it's like I am a little bit of a Shannon Bador. We all are a little bit Shannon Bador. I know we all want to say we're Nini or we're Bethany or fucking, you know, Kyle Richards. You're not. You're not. You're the one that you're the most annoyed by. Know that. Trust me. <laughs> take, take a deep look with inside yourself and you'll discover you are a Shannon Bador. You are a Heather Gay. You are, you know, a Jackie Goldschneider. Like, you are these people. And that doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a complex female character, and God bless. So, there's that. There's that whole aspect of Jen Shop. Then we have, you know, Whitney's party and Whitney's finances. And I'm deeply, deeply concerned for their finances. They went through all of their savings. You know, the look on Heather's face was like, oof. Because here's the thing. Heather has, like, a what do they call it? A brick and mortar business, like where it's an actual store. It's not a store. It's an actual, you know, place where people go and they get work done. That's a beauty lab and laser, right? It's a, it's a med spa. So it's, it's definitely more of a financially stable decision. Whereas Whitney coming out with a skincare line that no one knew about even, I mean, I didn't even know she had one before the rebrand. So it's like, how can you do a rebrand of something that I didn't even know existed in the first place? I don't think it's smart. I'm not looking for skincare from my housewives. You know, I'll drink a skinny girl margarita. You know, I'll I'll buy a camel wrap jacket off HSN from Lisa Serena. I'm not looking for skincare tips from Whitney Rose. Like, I, no offense. I'm just not. Then we have the whole Jenny Mary situation. And, you know, what I love about Jenny is she's 
like, I'm going to bring the shoes. I'm going to have this conversation with her. Like, I don't see the big deal. And Heather made me laugh because she was like, you know, am, am I a bad person because I, you know, kept my gift? And I was like, girl, same. I would probably keep it too. Um, but there's been a lot of like discourse online about people calling for Mary's firing, for being racist and doing that. And then people, of course, are like, how come no one is calling for, you know, the White House wives who have been racist in the past to get fired? And I, this is my opinion. They, we have called for them to be fired. There has been outrage against Ramona, Kelly Dodd, like women like that to be fired. But those shows aren't airing at the same time. And I think people like forget that that all happened, but it happened like in September. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just saying like, and I don't think Mary should be fired. I think like it's a conversation that, you know, needed to be had. I'm glad they had it. Mary kind of seemed to double down. She seemed a little confused. I don't know. It was like very uncomfortable. And then I like that Whitney kind of stood up for Jenny in this in the sense of like, wait, we're not just going to like gloss over this. Like, no, no, no. That's not cool to do. Uh, and Mary just came off very ignorant, in my opinion. Um, and then something that I really, really love about Real Houses of Salt Lake City, and I wrote about this on the dip.com, is like, I truly don't think any of them are genuinely friends. Like, I think that they all have qualities that they like about each other. And they don't mind being around each other. But I don't think they're real friends. They don't have like that New Jersey style or really any other franchise where they have some sort of like deep-rooted connection in some way. None of them really do, which leads them to being able to be messy at any given time with any given person. Like there is constant fighting going on with like three people at one time with different people. And you're just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Okay, one thing I have to discuss is Meredith's feather peacock purple affair she's got going on. When I saw her on that step and repeat, I was, I gasped. First of all, it's ill-fitted. It's not tailored whatsoever. And it's disgusting. It was so ugly. I was like, Meredith, Meredith is like so beautiful. And like, I wish she would just stick to like the basics, like a nice suit jacket, a nice, you know, I like when she's in very like casual, basic clothes, like almost like a Lisa Barlow, like Lindsay, uh, the president of the dip, she made a really good point to me the other day. She was like, none of her clothes like match her personality because she's so subdued in her personality, like asleep and her clothes are so loud. And you just, like, don't know what's going on. Like, there's a disconnect there. And it it just makes me think, like, her kids are dressing her. There's, I, Brooks has got a, got a hold on that. And Meredith is really losing me, you guys. I got to be completely honest. I really loved Meredith last year. This whole Brooks situation is, like, really wearing on me. And I talked about it a little bit on Monday with Kaya. It's, like, you have to be able to move on from things as a housewife. Like, you have to be able to, like, keep things moving. You cannot hold on to things and the way she's like holding on to this shit with Jen. I'm just like, I'm bored. Like, I don't give, I'm sorry. I don't care about Brooks. Now I get that that's her child, but my thing is I'm not invested in Brooks the way I'm invested in Gia or the way I'm invested in Avery Singer or Quincy Morgan or, you know, 
Candy Burris's daughter. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I haven't been watching him since he was like a kid. So I don't feel this like sense of like protectiveness that I would over the other housewife children. So this, and he's also like 23. So it's this idea that like Meredith, like will not let this go that I'm just like, bitch, you gotta let it go because we're all sick of hearing about it. And Brooks is not very beloved. So like, and no offense, you know, I, I get that it's her son, but it's like, girl, no one cares. Okay. So that's pretty much all of my thoughts on Salt Lake City. Let's take a quick break and then I'll be back with a little bit of Miami and Orange County. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. All right, we are back, and I'm ready to talk about a little bit of Miami. I know that it's on Peacock, but I'm obsessed. I need everyone to start watching this goddamn show because it is the best show on television right now. And it's not even on television. It's not a streaming service. But I don't give a fuck. I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with every single woman that walks on our fucking screen. I'm obsessed with their husband, their partner, their wife, their boyfriend. Like, I don't know. I'm deeply, deeply invested. And I'm obsessed with the way that they all look, the glamour, the colors, the tans, the hair, the boot, uh, the boots. First of all, Alexia's boobs, I can't stop staring at them. Like, it made me think the way that the way that these women's boobs like sit in their dresses, I literally like hold mine while I'm watching and I'm like, is that, should I be, should I get a boob job? Like, and I, you know, my boobs are honestly my greatest physical like trait. I got to be completely honest. I have great boobs. I am just saying they have lovely, lovely breast work. And what I love about them is like, they all have this like bigger, larger than life, like appearance. And it's a shame that like society has just trained you like internally to just that automatically means that they're vapid or they don't have anything going on. And it's like, that is the complete opposite of who they are. Like they all have so much heart and like passion and like soul and like I I love them, you guys. I even love Larsa Pippen, and I'm about to get on my fucking soapbox about this, okay? I am a Scotty Pippen-obsessed bitch, okay? I watched The Last Dance four times, and every single time I was like, that man is the man for me. I can't explain it. I love him. I find him to be very sexy, <laughs> successful. I don't know. I just, I, I love that man. And so I've always been a little, you know, harsh, on Larsa, because she was always looked at as like the Kardashians, like little tag along bestie, you know, a wannabe Kardashian. I was one of those people. 
I think a lot of people were because she was only on the one season of Miami. Like it, you kind of forgot who she was as a person. You just saw her on Instagram. Obviously, she has like the face tune under her. I'm not going to say it's under control. I almost did. It's definitely out of control. But you know, who doesn't love a good filter occasionally? So with Larsa, I definitely came into the season like prepared to dislike her. And I'm finding her to be so like down to earth and like not relatable because I can't relate to shutting down a store and shopping for Fendi and Balenciaga for my daughter and having my credit card on file. That is obviously not something I can relate to. But I like this storyline of hers where she's really trying to explain like she was a mother for so long. Like she was a stay-at-home mom. She took care of her husband. She did all of that in her 20s and 30s. And she's like, I'm ready to start like living for me. And I think when people just need to put the Kardashian bullshit aside and really just look at like who we're getting on the show now. And I think she's actually like a really nice person. And I'm enjoying what I'm watching. I liked her comment in the first episode about her OnlyFans where she's like, who the fuck are these women to judge me about having OnlyFans when they're on their fourth marriage? Like, if I want to sell pictures of my feet and make a shitload of money, I'm going to fucking do it. Like, why do we celebrate, you know, other people doing that? But Larsa can't do it. Is it because she's of, you know, she's in her 40s and it's just like down? I don't know. But shut the fuck up. I'm enjoying her. I think she's like a nice girl. I do. I do. And I like, you know, she's having a hard time because she's like, you know, me and Scotty were married for 21 years. It's hard to end that, but you're ready to end it. It's like very, she's like, you know, we would purposely miss each other. Like I would be here, he would be there. And I'm like, that's really sad. But I like seeing her daughter. Her daughter's beautiful. They have really beautiful kids. Anyways, so that brings me to Lisa Hochstein. Lisa Hochstein, like, uh, uh, like I was saying before, about women that have a lot of, um, like, let's say, like, plastic surgery. They've, you know, altered their appearance in some way. You automatically assume, like, they're, like, not a real person. And that's, a sh- like I said, that's a real shame because I think Lisa, too, like, I think Lisa's a really good person. And I don't know why. I don't know that much about her. But I really, really enjoy her. And I feel bad for her. There was a comment that she made to Larsa being like, or in a confessional, she said, like, they've been together for 20 years. Like, why, like, stick it out? Like, what, you know, why start over? And that kind of is a sad sentiment to me because it's like, if you're not happy, you shouldn't do that. And that I don't know what's going on with her and Lenny right now in the moment. But like, we know that he had this emotional affair. You know, she didn't, she took him out for his birthday that one episode and didn't know his birth, thought he was 56. He's like, I'm 55. They don't seem happy, but I feel like they're in a relationship where it's like, they're so successful together. And, you know, he obviously has his practice and he does whatever with plastic surgery. He's, you know, plastic surgeon. I feel like their divorce would just be really, really expensive and a big headache. And they're both like, that's not worth it to us. Like, they're like, we're not that miserable, like where we want to start fighting over assets and houses and money and kids. And like, that's just, I feel like they're just like, no, we're not fucking doing that. So there's that. So Alexia, the woman with five storylines now, is literally an agent of chaos, but she doesn't do it intentionally. It's like things just happen to her. I don't, I can't explain it. Like, she's not really doing anything to create all of this drama in her life. It literally just like 
gets thrown at her. And Marisol said about she's like, her life is like a movie. Her life is like a movie. You just are like, what? So she was going to have her the meeting with Herman's lover. And he, uh, you know, of course, didn't feel comfortable going on camera. So he kind of stood her up. But they ended up having a four hour long conversation on the phone. And I really loved this conversation with Marisol, Alexia, and I can't remember her friend's name. I'm so sorry about this conversation. And what I loved about it is that, like, they were very supportive of, you know, Herman's relationship with this man. And she was like, you know, they were in love. This was a real thing for them. You know, he brought his lover's parents over from Cuba, got them a house, took care of them. Like, and Marisol said, she was like, that's just who Herman was. Like, he always was so giving and so loving. And then it really touched me when Herman's lover, I'm going to keep calling him that because we obviously don't know his name told Alexia, like, he really did love you. Like, he would only say nice things about you. And, like, that was just really moving. And it made me really realize, like, I'm so thankful that we have Real Hustles of Miami talking about these things because if it was honestly any other franchise, there would be homophobic remarks running wild. Like, I just can't imagine this conversation happening anywhere else where, like, a woman's husband was gay and she found out when he died. Like, I just can't imagine that being handled this well in any other city, which is unfortunate, but in just being honest. So I really liked that Alexia, she's processed all of it and she's in such a good place with it. And I think that that's like really, really nice to see that she's not angry. She's like, I just wanted him to be happy. Then he was. So, I mean, like Adriana said, the rumors were that he was fucking and died. Well, he was, he was fucking this man. So good for, good for, good for Herman. I am nervous and anxious about this whole Peter Todd situation because that's just a tough spot for Alexia to be in between her son, who's, you know, 30 years old, and her future husband. They did just recently get married in December. So we do know that that ends up working out. But I don't know Peter's, like, role in it. And that just, like, kind of bums me out for her because obviously, like, you don't want your child and your significant other to be fighting. Now, Gertie is a party planner. Julia wants Gertie to plan this party for her. It's like she's living amongst the trees, this woman. She's, you know, Julia's house. I can't make sense of the physical structure of this house. It's very, I don't know what it's made of. It's just a lot of trees. There's lots of chickens and goats. I I wouldn't love having dinner there. I got to be completely honest now. I would love the idea of having dinner there, not so much like actually. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to eat by goats, but that's just me. And of course, Adriana kind of comes in a little hot. She does with Gertie. She starts criticizing her party planning skills, her decor. Like, why would you do this? Like, she came in like so harsh. And then at the tape, but I think that that's like just her personality. She says, got a very strong personality. And, you know, then there's the whole blow up with them at the dinner where Gertie starts crying and i i get the annoyance of someone crying at the table like that like i don't enjoy i obviously i don't like when people cry but it really makes me uncomfortable when people cry like that i, I don't know i would be like whoa like i don't know what's going on i do think adriana was like out of line for sure but i would also be like larsa was like the most confused person on the planet like the, they cut to her and she was just like blankly staring like what the fuck is going on? And why am I in this house filled with goats? I don't understand. 
But overall, like you guys, the season's incredible. There's so much going on every given moment. It's just like beautiful to look at. Like they all have so much wealth and like money. And all of their, like I said, all their significant others are really beautiful. The one I'm not really on board with is Gertie's husband, who's the the quiet firefighter. I'm looking at him a little sideways. I got to be completely honest, just because when Gertie said that she gave up going to NYU to go to like a small college with this man, this quiet man, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think that was a smart move. But it, listen, it worked out. It worked out. I wouldn't be thrilled if that was my daughter, but it ended up working out. So mazel. Okay. So that's enough of Miami. I want to talk a little bit about Orange County. I I honestly, you guys, I don't have that much to say about it. There were definitely moments where I giggled. I do think that we're getting into a nice rhythm with all the ladies. I like Dr. I like Dr. Jen's energy. Um, I don't know why. I just I feel like it's very old school Orange County housewives. And her and Noella's like argument, I find to be very funny. Like when Noella was like, you tagged me in that picture of yourself, the bad lighting. I was like, I'm obsessed. Now, Noella, I don't believe a goddamn word that comes out of her mouth about this marriage divorce situation. I don't know why. I just don't. I She could be telling the truth. What the fuck do I know? I just, it's so put on and it's so... Like, uh, it's like this, like, she's an actress. and But I find her complete, to be completely fascinating. When she had Emily over at her house and she was whispering like this. And Emily kept a straight face. If I went over to my, a new friend's house and they started whispering, I'd be like, we can go outside, girl. Like, we don't have to sit in here. What's going on? And I don't know if it's, you know, because the house is bugged. I don't know. But I find her to be completely captivating. And I can't wait to see more of this woman. <laughs> because I do, I'm enjoying the fact that she's kind of coming on a little guns blazing. Like, she's like, Heather, shut the fuck up. You were punching and throwing things and pushing people into walls. Like, that comes next week. So I'm really excited for that. I also like that Noella and Shannon are friends. They seem very opposite of each other. But I get how that works because I do think at their core, they're probably similar with the whole like holistic medicine healing thing. Now, there's two things I want to talk about. Two important things. Emily's saying that she hit the lottery by marrying Shane. I want to be like, Emily, get the fuck out of here. Shane is disgusting. Disgusting. And with these belly dancers came out. And Noella said, get in there, like, get in there, dance with them. And he grabbed Emily's belly and said, I got a belly right here. I shit myself. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, did did he just, because it happened very quickly. And I like, couldn't believe what I just seen or heard. And I was like, oh, that's, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that. Because, you know, you guys. It's the fucking worst when you're like spooning with someone and you're the little spoon and they like wrap their hand under your tummy and like they're kind of holding it. Yeah, I mean, it's awful. It is the worst. And you're like sucking in. It's like, it's horrible. So I would be mortified. I'm mortified if the man I was married to or dating or any or any person, I don't care who you are, went up to me, grabbed my belly and said, I love this belly. I got a belly right here. No, 
Um, I also want to talk on I talk about a little bit about a man named Gene the Machine. Gene the Machine Bador is a character out of like a soap opera, and I love him. He is 92 and ready to fucking go. He's like, I knew Dean Martin. And he's out at the quiet woman getting drunk till 12 a.m. Like flirting with probably 50-year-old women. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just living life. And I love that about him. And I like seeing Shannon with her parents because you rarely see her with anyone but her kids. And then, you know, we have Sophie who's dating this man, Reese. I'm going to be quiet about that. And I'm a... I was a little I was a little concerned that one of the twins didn't know how to spell pack, uh P-A-C-K, and they didn't know who Dean Martin was. I didn't understand how, like, you just don't know who that person is. I don't know how you that was weird. But I enjoyed Gene the Machine, and I would really, you know, he seems like that old guy that Samantha Jones fucked in Sex in the City, like who was friends with the ex-president, the man who shall not be named. He like in the in that episode, he was friends with him. And, um, you know, this was the 90s, so things were a little different back then. Um, but anyways, it, he just was like this character, and I just want more of Gene the Machine. I do. I enjoyed it. And I like that, you know, we got a little backstory on Shannon. And it makes me sad that Shannon feels like she really fucked her kids up by getting divorced. And, like, that just makes me sad. And, oh, it just made, made me sad all around. But... The blossoming friendship between Heather and Gina is one that I am thrilled about. They are polar opposites, and I'm obsessed with, like, the the quick closeness. Like, you can really tell that they really care about one another already. Like, sometimes, sometimes you just meet people in life, and you just, like, click with them right away. And suddenly, they're closer to you than people you've known for 15 years. It's really crazy. And, um... I really, I really love that. I liked them at the horse race. I think Heather and Terry are very attracted to one another. They are doing some great PDA action. She's sitting on his lap, she's bouncing on his lap. He's, you know, the belly dancers were grinding and he was grinding on Heather. It was like, and you just know Heather just finds him to be like so annoying, but she loves that he's obsessed with her. And I really love Heather's like entire family. I like that her son was like, yeah, mom, we have a family calendar. I was like, they have a family calendar. That's so cute. Like they just seem, they just seem so nice, like a nice family. And I like that her daughter is like writing this book about, you know, being a teenager and sexuality and parents and all of that. I just, guys, I just, I'm loving it. I know people are have their mixed feelings about OC, but I, I'm not going to complain. I think, I think we got a really good set of Housewives franchises on right now. I'm very happy and I can't wait for New Jersey to come back, get thrown in the mix. I'm ready for our Jersey girls. I'm just ready. But that's pretty much all I have for today. I, sorry, I rambled on for quite some time. Obviously go to wherever you listen to podcasts and rate this podcast re-review, everything like that. And use code HOTM over at thedip.com. We had just like completely revamped the site. It's so beautiful. There's like all new features. It's amazing. So definitely go check that out. And of course, listen to the other Dip podcasts. There's TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast. There's Shortcomings. There's Morgan Pop Talk. There's, I mean, whatever you are into, we have it over at the Dip Network. So definitely go check that out. And I will see you guys around on Instagram. I hope you all have a great weekend. Bye.
what exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Big Tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org.